Another day, another busy show. Seven Michigan State players were charged due to that tunnel incident back in Ann Arbor. Also, we have five best bets in the first segment and then segments two and three. Preview of this weekend's football game with Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions. Let's go. You are Locked On Spartans, your daily podcast on the Michigan State Spartans, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What's happening? And hey, happy Thanksgiving. Yeah, if it's Wednesday night, we're close enough. I'll wish you a happy Thanksgiving. Or if you're listening on Thursday or Friday, whatever day you're listening to this, happy holiday. Hope that you guys have an incredible week and long weekend. And I just want to start the show with thanking you guys, actually. You know, tis the season of thanks, and I cannot thank you guys enough for watching or listening every single day, whether it was during a good moment of the football season when those happened, or hey, if you've stuck around this show even during the uh, bad parts of the season, well, Cannot thank you enough. You guys are simply the best. And if you ever want to reach out, LockedOnSpartans at gmail.com. That has been a busy, busy inbox this week after what happened last Saturday. So a lot of good conversation, though, with plenty of you listeners. Um, we got to get to the news of the day from uh, Washtenaw County uh, as it pertains to Michigan State that, yes, in a really speedy investigation, they uh, finally have announced the charges for the eight MSU players that were suspended Due to the tunnel incident back in Ann Arbor, and seven of them were charged. Uh, Malcolm Jones, no charges against him, but starting from the top, Kari Crump, felony, assault. Cannot say that that's going to be a surprise there. I know very little about the legal system. I know very little about the happenings of crime and justice, but... Okay, based on that video, I'm not going to sit here and argue against that. And then you have Angela Gross, Tank Brown, Zion Young, Justin White, Jacoby Winman, and Brandon Wright as well. Also having uh, misdemeanor charges as well. So, there you have it. We are looking at six misdemeanors, one felony, and uh, look, <laughs> I, I said I was not going to comment on this too much during this whole saga because, quite frankly, I said it right after the, the game happened, when this tunnel incident did happen, that I'm already annoyed with it. Uh, the, the discourse, the dialogue was not going to be healthy. It wasn't even going to make sense. Everyone was going to pick their side, so... Right or wrong, I stayed out of talking about it for the most part, but hey, here's the news. Here we are. So while we're on the topic, let's talk about it a little bit. Look, Kari Crump, I'm sorry. Maybe that was the worst day of his entire life. He let his emotions get way too ahead of him, and he had that incident where he's swinging his helmet happen. Really cannot excuse that. That probably deserves a pretty high charge and removal from the program. Now, as far as the other six players go, and obviously these guys had a hand. In what happened, but they didn't have a helmet in that hand and were swinging it around or doing anything that was so totally outrageous. Where a four-game suspension was warranted. And look, I know everyone wants to light Mel Tucker on fire for, oh, losing the locker room and all that fun stuff. And when I say everyone, it's hardly Michigan State fans. It's just a bunch of people that have a problem with Mel Tucker for some reason. I know everyone wants to wring their hands over him, but... Look, I think he responded as well as a head coach could after that. That was objectively not a good look for the university. And he suspends these players while investigation is going on. Now, the Washtenaw County prosecutor, who is a diehard Michigan fan, go check out his social media. Or, hey, maybe you can even find him in the big house in his season ticket seats. Crazy that he just kind of dragged his feet along and, well, held these guys out essentially for four games. But, hey, you know what? 
Mel Tucker being the leader that he is. And yes, I know I've said a lot of mean things about him after last Saturday's game, but look, I think as the CEO and head of a program overall, doing a pretty good job, and this was one example as well. He held them out even when investigations were going on. So now you have it. These six players with the misdemeanor assaults Suspended for four games. That is 44% of the Big Ten season. And if only there was another incident, too, where we can compare this against, I don't know, let's call it, well, even cross sports, too. I mean, this is a crazy example. This never happened. But, like, let's say a head basketball coach, again, all hypothetical, punches another man after a game while still on the court after a very heated game. Um, let's say that happens and they only get suspended five games or 25% of the Big Ten season. As opposed to 44% of the Big Ten season for these players. Tell me that that's not a little bogus right there. Or, hey, you know, for example, I, I also thought it was a little extreme when, I'll use another hypothetical, a defensive player um, on another team. We'll call him, I'll pick some generic name, Mike Morris. I don't know. Again, all hypothetical. Let's say he chokes a player. A star running back in last year's game. Hold on, let's see what that would have brought. Oh, no games at all of suspension. So, yes, it was a bad incident in the tunnel, but not every kid was swinging a helmet. I, I didn't see a pistol brandished anywhere. So, yeah, it was not a good look. I think a game suspension would have been fit. You want to get nuts, call it two games, fine, whatever, but... They got their win. They, they got what they wanted, and that was for these kids to, you know, have their lives kind of permanently stained here and also sitting out the last month of the season while dragging Michigan State's name through the mud as well. It wasn't just enough to win on the field. They had to get the athletic director rolled out of the coffin to make his first statement since, well, I was going to say since his car was wrapped around a light pole, but even that didn't get a statement out of him. But, no, they, they played the PR thing great. Um, and yeah, assuredly one day he'll come to bat for everything else that's going on inside of Ann Arbor, right outside of Shem Beckler Hall, if you will. But I, maybe he's just too busy at the insurance office right now filing that claim on that car that the starting point guard nearly totaled in the middle of the night. So congratulations to Michigan. 2-0 on the season against Michigan State. Once on the field and then once squeezing every single drop out of that drama orange over the tunnel incident and staining the lives of these kids with misdemeanors and all that fun stuff, making them miss last month of the season. Uh, that's, that's two good wins, and we'll see if either one of them help your strength of schedule argument as you go into the college football playoff discussion. But yes, that's my last comments over it. Until anything else happens, which I highly doubt it will, unless Michigan State miraculously makes a bowl game and these six kids are reinstated, but whatever. Hey, let's get right into the five best bets of the weekend. We usually do this at the end of the show, but we're going to ride out the next two segments with the Penn State versus Michigan State preview up ahead. So let's get through it. This is gut check, gut check week right now. One and four last week, which means that we are 32, 32 and one on the season. We took Michigan State minus 10 versus Indiana. Okay, nice call. Under 47 in that same game. Under 63 in Ohio State versus Maryland. UCLA plus two and a half versus USC. And those were all stinkers. The only one that we won was Notre Dame 44, Boston College 0. We took under 46 and a half. So for this week's five best bets, we're going to go Penn State minus 18. Because if you're going to let Sean Shivers and Kyle Menungai have career games, 
what on earth are Katron Allen and Nicholas Singleton going to do to your defense that has kind of forgotten how to tackle the last few weeks? So we're going to go Penn State minus 18, regrettably. Uh, Michigan plus 7.5. If I got to see those A-holes win a game, I want to be paid for it, so give me 7.5. Under 57.5 for that game, though. I think Ohio State's defense is really not talked about. Of course, everyone is always focused on the Buckeyes' offense because that's how they've made their hay the last few years, but... That defense has done pretty well, and obviously Michigan's defense speaks for themselves too, so we're going to go under 57.5 for that. USC minus 5.5 against Notre Dame, and then South Carolina, the fighting Spencer Rattlers, plus 14.5 at Clemson. South Carolina doesn't win a ton, but when they do, they completely and utterly derail their opponent's season. So yes, Clemson, a team that is on the outside looking in for the college football playoff. I, look, I don't know if the Gamecocks are going to beat Clemson, but... 14 and a half seems like a lot of points. And maybe I'm prisoner of the moment from what I saw last weekend as they absolutely took down Tennessee and their playoff hopes. But hey, whatever. That's what we're going to settle with. So there you have it. Five best bets we are going to get to Zach Sadow of Locked on Nittany Lions. But first, I need to talk to you off about underdog fantasy. That is right. The best way to spice up your Saturdays. And uh, you know what? Maybe even outside of Saturdays too. They got NBA pickums. They got World Cup pickums. They got... Pickums as far as the eye can see. This episode is brought to you by Underdog Fantasy, the easiest place to spice up college football season. It is so easy to play, so simple to set up. You're just picking over-unders of your favorite player's stats. So let's say you think Jalen Berger is going to go off this weekend. Peyton Thorne in a bounce-back game goes above his passing yards. And hey, Eli Collins over .5 touchdowns. String those together, you can win up to 10 times your money. It is one of the easiest fantasy games to play out there. And you can win cold hard cash in a single game. And you can also earn cold hard cash just by signing up. Sign up with promo code LOCKEDON, that's all one word, and Underdog will double your first deposit up to $100. Deposit $100, get $100 for free. Go to underdogfantasy.com or find the Underdog Fantasy app in the App Store or Google Play Store. That's Underdog Fantasy, promo code LOCKEDON. Get in on the college football pick'em action today. What is up, everyone? It's Matt Sheehan of Locked On Spards. We also have Zach Seiko of Locked On Nittany Lions over there as well. And one of us is really excited about the game this weekend. The other one... We'll still watch. Uh, of course, we have the number 11 ranked Nittany Lions looking for win number 10 coming to, up against Michigan State, a team that's, well, trying to stun the world and get that sixth win as 17 and a half point underdogs. But hey, before we go any further, Zach, how on earth are you doing, man? Are you doing okay? Yeah, I'm doing well. It's it's great to connect with you. And, you know, I, I wish the circumstances were better um for and i just i just frankly want an even matchup at this point it, it feels like penn state has not been challenged since ohio state and michigan sure. yeah. um and, and it's just kind of getting boring at this point I, I i can't get a read like how good is penn state actually like how good is this team i i want to believe in it that they're 10 and 2 but they beat an indiana rutgers mm-hmm. and now they go into michigan say beat a hobbled maryland team so i, I just want a really good game uh before the bowl and uh, maybe we get it, uh, but I, I know with everything Michigan State's dealing with, you'll probably agree with me that it's it's not going to be that close. I'm, I I would be shocked if it is close. But then again, I, I was saying the same thing before we hit the road to Illinois a few yeah. weeks ago as just like this game, 17 and a half point underdogs. Now, ever since then, okay, Illinois is quite on a skid. Yeah. And Penn State, not 
at all. So, yeah, I think that this is going to be a different beast than going to play the fighting Brett Bielema's down in Champaign. But, you know, here's a good introduction to just the conversation of your season over at Penn State. This is topical, Zach. It's Thanksgiving. What are you most thankful for? For this season over in Happy Valley so far, what has been the thing that's been stirring the drink over there for a 9-2 team? Uh, for Penn State, if I'm speaking on behalf of the fan base, I think they're most thankful for the fact of how talented this class of 2022 is and the impact no that doubt. they've made yeah. already right out of the gate. Um, I've said this, and probably not every Penn State fan is going to agree with this, but this has definitely been the best coaching job that James Franklin has done in nine years. Gotcha. I know that he Trace McSorley, Saquon Barkley, Miles Sanders, all those good teams that were in or around the college football playoff discussion. This team certainly isn't that. But when you lose your defensive coordinator uh, of seven years, when you yep. uh, have as much turnover as you did defensively, um, when you had uh, you're coming off of a seven and six season, people aren't giving you any expectations and then you bring in this freshman class and you're like, okay, maybe two to three years from now, they will have a serious impact. Uh, they have changed the course of this season. Singleton and Allen, Nicholas Singleton and Catron Allen have done just that. Those two freshmen have made the team overall that much better because now that Penn State has a run game, it takes the pressure off of Sean Clifford. It keeps him upright. It makes the offensive line look better. And when yep. the offense is able to sustain some drives, it keeps the defense rested and off of the field. So those two guys, those two freshmen, uh, I would say are, are most thankful for them. But really with, with the up-and-coming quarterback in Drew Aller, Abdul Carter is probably going to make uh, an all-Big Ten team of some sort as a linebacker. Uh, and you're seeing some other guys as freshmen cycle into the secondary and along the defensive line. Zane Durant is, is another one that and deny Dennis Sutton. Those guys are getting uh, rotational playing time, but they'll be starters next year. Uh, and they'll all of them together uh, will set the world on fire. And over in your neck of the woods here, I you guys are vying for a, a New Year's Six Bowl. And I can't help but to appreciate the irony of just how this has flipped from last year. You know, we're hosting a Penn State team that's close to 500. Michigan State having a year that is a lot better than anyone expected. Going for that 10th win to secure New Year's Six Bowl. Yeah. Is that the, the big storyline going in for you guys? Is that, all right, let's get win number 10 and let's go somewhere nice for our bowl season here? depending what kind of Penn State supporter you are. Uh, it oh, feels okay. like there's yep. there's there's two sections here, right? There's the people that are myself uh, included. Now, I said they were going to be 10 and 2 at the end of the season. I didn't think okay. they would I didn't think they would beat Michigan and Ohio State uh, when the season started. And here we are. Yeah. Uh, but uh, on top of that, there's the the section of the fan base that was that thought they were going to be 7 and 5, 6 and 6 even. And are like, well, they didn't beat Michigan and Ohio State, so what's the point of the season? Sure. You know, let's okay. let's get Drew in, let's put the the freshman quarterback in, uh, and let him prepare for the following season because that's when we can win it all. Whereas, no, you still got to go ten and two. You got to at least perform well in the bowl game because that impacts recruiting. All right, yeah. this class of twenty twenty two doesn't come together if Penn State is absolutely atrocious. Okay. Um, 2023, uh, still has some guys that are left out there that they could build up and add to the class 2024 as, as far as we think that is a way like James Franklin and them are actively recruiting players now for that class. So, uh, I would say personally, 
10 and two is important. Winning the bowl game is important. Uh, aside from maybe a few players that are banged up, I think they're actually going to have most of the roster intact. Like you're not going to see a lot of guys opt out. Uh, Sean yeah. Clifford will definitely play in that game. He almost has to. So uh, at the end of the day, 10 and two is definitely the most important thing for me, but for a, a good portion of the fan base, it's, Hey, let's get Drew Aller in. Let's get him the experience. And I totally get that. But also at the same time, that's what practice is for, right? Why can he only get better when he's playing a backup role, you know, in the middle of the third quarter, like he, he can get better and learn in the film in film study and at practice five, six days a week. Understandable. I mean, no doubt about that, because I, it's just crazy how well those freshmen have performed for you guys. And we can get into it in a little bit. You know, second segment, I'll ask you more about the ins and outs of Penn State. But vibes are still good with the whole James Franklin era so far in, in your eyes. Well, and and I want to throw it back to you first, actually, because sure. I think, you know, Mel Tucker <laughs> and, and over here in Happy Valley, uh, for at least people that I talk to about Penn State football and college football, we joke a lot, you know, did Mel Tucker fleece Michigan State for $9 million a year for this sure. uh, on this 10-year contract? So what is the talk with the, with the Spartan crowd? Yeah, you asked me before Saturday's game uh, against Indiana where they had this monumental collapse up 17 points at home senior day where you need a win to get bull eligibility. I, I, I would have said before that game, like, yeah, everyone's pretty much Still on board with it. No, it's not the dream season that you would have expected, but it is about what he can do long-term and what he is also doing right now in recruiting because I, you guys know as well as anyone about recruiting being the lifeblood of college sports. And yes, last year was awesome. 11 wins, but hey, Kenneth Walker helps those things a lot. This year was a reminder that, okay, talent-wise, Michigan State is still a little too far away. However, however, Talent cannot be the excuse for what happened on Saturday. And I'm going to try to not ramble for 25 minutes about this, but it, <laughs> I got it was monologuing. A, oh, it, I, I could, I could take you to midnight right now. We're recording at nine 53 at night. I I'll take you into Thursday <laughs> if I have to, but the short end of it is that look, the Indiana game were their player mistakes. Of course there were, but there are also some massive coaching mistakes as well. We saw them happen too in the win against Wisconsin, where the, the, the end of the game was uh, uh, just malarkey all over the place. And then at yep. the end of the Illinois game, just odd decisions all around it, but you got away with a win in both those games, but Indiana, you didn't. And now it's the third time that we've seen some crazy coaching decisions being made. And he finally got bit. So, while I still think that Mel Tucker can be the long-term guy, I'd be lying to you if I said that I'm not at least a little concerned now. And before this season, to say that I would end this season concerned about the tra trajectory, uh, no, not in 100 years that I see that coming. But then again, here we are, maybe about to be 5-7. and seven. Recruiting is still solid right now. we got a month till signing day, and Michigan State has more mm -hmm. four-stars in this class than they've ever had in a class. So, that's kind of what we're hanging on to right, is just how can this recruiting class go? Will you get rid of some of these assistant coaches, get some new blood in here? Because I, I'm sick of some of these guys. I'm sick of seeing special teams just waffle around every single Saturday. But regardless, I don't want to bore everyone on those details. It is an interesting time for Michigan State fans because there are some people that said I was way too hard on Mel Tucker after that Saturday game. There were some people I heard from that said I was not hard enough on him. So we're getting a big fracture in the fan base right now after – Pretty much 98% of us went into the season saying that, oh, yeah, 
full steam ahead. That $95 million was worth it. How could this go wrong? Well, this is not the season you necessarily pay $95 million for. I get going seven and five, maybe eight and four, you know, sure. But five and seven, mm. uh, boy, it, were you really that bad talent wise? I don't know. I don't know. That's a, another discussion. So that's a long way of saying that. Yeah, yeah sure. I'm, I, I still have faith. I guess <laughs> nothing better yeah. to do. So yeah, man. And we're going to be back with Zach in a hot second, but first need to talk your ear off about the upside app. Inflation has us all thinking about cutting back as inflation is just punching us in the stomach day in and day out. Whether it's driving less, dining out less, buying less from the grocery store, we can all agree there's nothing fun about less. That's why I started using upside. Upside is an incredible app for anyone who buys gas, groceries, or dines out. And with Upside, I don't have to cut back anymore because I get cash back on every purchase. Getting started is so simple. Just download the free Upside app and use my promo code LOCKED. That's it. Just LOCKED. And you're going to get $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. Next, claim an offer for whatever you're buying on Upside. Check in at the business. Pay as usual with a credit card or debit card and get paid. In comparison to credit card reward or loyalty programs, you could earn three times more cash back with Upside. So what are you waiting for? Download the free Upside app and use promo code LOCKED. That's going to get you $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more. That's $5 or more cash back on your first purchase of $10 or more using promo code LOCKED at Upside. Well, and, what, and what's going on with all the, the legal issues right now, the suspended players, uh, guys who are involved? Because that, for me... And I think for everybody in college football, like that was just a really bad look. Um, and I, so how do you how do you kind of how do you come back from that? And when that's just, you know, that is a reflection on coaching and leadership. So what what's kind of the status of of all of that moving forward? Yeah, I think that also to be said too with coaching and leadership though is it like I don't think Mel Tucker said, "Hey, look at that player right there that's talking to you guys in the huddle or in the tunnel. Go, go, jump sure. him." I, I think immediately suspending these these kids as well and keeping all eight of these kids out the rest of the season while the investigation is dragging on. Like I, I think that speaks for leadership as well. And of course, I'm not okay. absolving Michigan State of what they did. Look, that was like you said. Horrible look for the university. You know, I mean, not a good look at all. And you have one kid swinging the helmet, beating the Michigan player with it. Uh, he will likely never suit up for Michigan State again. And I don't know what the other seven kids did or did not do, but we're in week four of this investigation now. I, this seems to be a little long for me, but yeah, Mel has kept these guys on the sidelines, not even in the football building through all of these weeks. So he came down hard on them instead of just waiting for the Big Ten to do something or waiting for someone else to do something. So, no, I'm not saying you should hand Mel Tucker the Nobel Peace Prize or, you know, he's this mm -hmm. great hero. But I think personally from a coach's standpoint, he bounced back or he had the team bounce back as well as he could, especially the two weeks after. Like, OK, well, not only do we have a ton of injuries, but eight guys just got suspended. And one of them is one Big Ten defensive player of the week three times. And they still went on the road and beat Illinois. I thought that was a really incredible yeah. and mature bounce back. When Michigan State's back was against the wall, they had no business winning that game. And then they will beat Rutgers the next week. However, kind of erased all that good grace, at least in my opinion. So for some people, it's still around. But for me, I, up 17 points against Indiana at home. I thought I'd like, uh, I I thought i ask about it. You know, it's just no, kind 100%. of the thing yeah. that the thing the thing that's kind of lingering over it it's still a very it's still a very dark cloud uh just in general for you know following big 10 football so mm -hmm. um I, I i'm 
I, I can't imagine that it's a reflection uh, of it entirely, but still something does have to be said, but uh, just from Penn yeah, State's perspective, wanted to too. know where it was. Yeah, and look, anytime a team has eight players out, like you got to talk about it. I don't fault anyone for talking about it whatsoever, but I mean, and this was an immature take on my part. I'll, I'll say it, I'll admit that freely, but after the game on Saturday when, you know, the tunnel incident happened, however many weeks ago that was, I said immediately, you know what, I'm already annoyed by it. I am because everyone's going to take their side. Okay, Michigan fans are only going to listen to Michigan angles on it. Me, a state fan, I'm only going to listen to Michigan State angles on it. And then it's going to drag on forever. And then it's going to be, oh, they're a bunch of thugs. And, oh, this is a – he should be in prison. Mel Tucker, it's like, oh, this is great. So maybe from the outside, it's not that bad. But being being in the state of Michigan, it's all you're surrounded by. It's just – nonsense 24 7 and i'm just yeah. so sick of it because i knew exactly how it was going to unfold after that but <sighs> hey let's t- it, how, it about, how about, about how about let's keep it fair then let's talk some more x's and o's in the next segment oh fine i guess is that is that any better though <laughs> <Is that? laughs> for me it yeah, is I'll, I'll try my best <laughs> now so here is one thing that has really got me down a little bad about this game. And I'll go back to two names that you already brought up, and that's Singleton and Katron Allen. These guys look like just two four-by-four SUVs going through the lane, and Michigan State yeah. has had a really hard time tackling the last few weeks. And it it is odd. Maybe there is correlation to it that Michigan State hasn't hit in practice the last three weeks just because they are so low on bodies they can't afford to lose anyone else. I don't know if that's correlation with MSU looking horrible and tackling the last three weeks. Anyway, I think regardless, yeah. I'm scared about that. I'm scared about your two running backs. What do they do well? Are they the same runner, just two different bodies, or does one do something different that the other one doesn't? I guess, yeah, I guess this is a conversation that I frequently have anyway. If for anybody yeah. that, you know, for the Locked On Nittany Lions fans and Penn State fans that are watching this or listening, uh, they know that I've said this a lot, that they are two complementary running backs and they are very different from one another. Uh, Nicholas Singleton, I mean, in these past, just these three weeks, it is so crazy to watch him in real time level up as a football player. Okay, so he's, he's becoming more of a complete back because he just was the track star. He yep. would just get out in front of you. Uh, and and use the speed. And then he quickly realized, oh, hey, you know, this isn't high school anymore. Uh, I'm not just faster than everybody. Uh, Some people can catch up to me at this level. Uh, And at the NFL, everybody can catch up to you. But that's besides the point. That's a few years down the road for him. Sure. But Singleton in real time uh, is getting better with his vision, uh, better with his balance, because he was always so easy to trip up, which makes no sense because he can squat. I I think I've lost count of how much weight he can squat as a true freshman, but he would always get tripped up and, and lose his balance, which was strange to me. And now he's lowering the shoulder. He's not getting tripped up. Uh, he's harder to take down as it is. Then couple that with that blazing speed. He is truly mm-hmm. becoming a complete running back right in front of our eyes as the season winds down. Uh, but in terms of what they are uh, at their base, Nicholas Singleton is, in fact, the sprinter. And Katron Allen's the power back with the patience because that's where he's coming from. From IMG Academy, he's got that spread zone experience, understands uh, the gaps and the zone blocking and, and how to be patient and just doing that over and over and over. Whereas Nicholas Singleton would get the football on a pitch and just run as fast as he could dodging defenders. Yeah. And there's no, it works. So there was no issue with it. Um, but at, at Penn State right now, 
Catron Allen's your, hey, we want him on third and two. He's guaranteed to get three or four yards. Uh, if you want an 80-yard touchdown, you're going to Nicholas Singleton. Uh, gotcha. He's the home run hitter, and Catron Allen gets you a lot of singles and some doubles. Uh, so if I can bring some baseball into this, uh, Nicholas Singleton's hitting the home runs, and Catron Allen's hitting for average. Got, well, obviously two strong running backs. And unfortunately, though, yep. for you guys uh, in Happy Valley, Parker Washington done the rest. He's, he's definitely out this week done for the rest of the season. He's though, out that, for the season. Yeah. Okay. Gotcha. How big of a blow is that to the passing game? Is it a steep drop between him and, and the next man behind him? Or are you guys just loaded at another position on offense? I would say so. Um, Parker Washington allows Penn State to actually expand the football field, and this was something I brought up as well and what other people in the Penn State media have talked about. Uh, what Parker Washington does in the slot uh, is he forces defenses to apply a lot of attention in between the hash marks uh, over the middle of the field. Now that he's off the field, uh, Michigan State and anybody else can focus a little more attention on the boundary. Uh, so Penn State can't expand the field as much as they would like to with Parker Washington not out there. And, and you don't have that presence anymore. Now, what Penn State has done to adapt is they've essentially said, OK, we're going to concede here and change our passing game plan a little bit. Go more two wide receivers and two tight ends, which they which they have done more so late. Um, just to uh, because they've had such a better running game. They don't need to go spread. They don't need to go three, four wide receivers. Uh, but you're going to see a lot of two tight ends and two wide receiver looks on Saturday when they play Michigan State. Um, and yeah, so it, if they were playing a lot better competition as opposed to uh, Indiana Rutgers uh, and mm -hmm. Michigan State's the best of the bunch as of late, uh, but they're kind of getting away with it here. I think they would have so they would have some major struggles if they had to deal with that against Michigan and Ohio State all over again. Now, um, I'm going to pat myself on the back here because I, I it took me 18 whole minutes to ask you about Sean Clifford. I, I, yeah. I, I, he's such like an enigma, isn't he? Like I, I feel like everyone's got a, a varying opinion on Sean Clifford, so i got to ask your opinion. How has he been this season? Is he the guy or is a small party of one of those people that just say, hey, how about this Drew Aller kid, huh? Let's give him a spin. As much as I want to see Drew Aller uh, play college football, I'll be patient. Again, I'm kind of okay. I'm I'm in that boat of the you know Sean Clifford has done as much as he can. He definitely has a ceiling, um, but he is on this given day, right in, in late November of 2022, uh, and this was the same the week before, and the week before that, and, and the month before that. Sean Clifford is better at this point in time as a 24 year old six year veteran of college football yeah. than a true freshman in Drew Aller. <laughs> OK, and that and sure. it strictly has to do with the fact that he just understands the game a lot better. Uh, he knows how to study and he's passing that on to Drew. Uh, other than Trevor Lawrence, uh, when it comes to good competitive power five programs, how many true freshmen are coming in and starting right away? Your team, your program is either a dumpster fire if you are yeah. starting uh, or you're Trevor Lawrence. And not everybody is Trevor Lawrence. I uh, think of CJ Stroud. How many games did CJ Stroud come in in these backup type of roles where, oh, they're blowing a team out? You know, let's put him in early in the third quarter to develop him, right? What about Bryce Young? Bryce Young never played when Mac Jones was there. Yeah. Uh, same thing when Mac Jones was behind Jalen Hurts and uh, Tua Tungavaloa. So, uh, I don't know why Drew Aller is all of all of a sudden the exception that, well, he needs to play or he's not going to get better. Or, uh, you know, you need to bench your veteran because uh, if you don't, then we're not going to be prepared for next season and not win a national title. Um, there's practice, there's film study. And at the end of the day, he's an 18, 19 year old kid. Uh, with all the athleticism in, a wor in the world for a passer. But right now, in terms of processing the game, 
it's a lot slower for Sean Clifford, and that's why he's out there. And the team, you ask the team, ask Penn State who they want to play behind, they will say Sean Clifford every single time. And it's nothing against Drew, but it's sure. the guy they're rallying behind. And, you know, are the fans that say that they want Drew, that's fine. But how about the players? What do they think? What do the coaches think? Uh, and there's a reason Sean is out there every single day. And just one last question about the Nittany Lions here. I couldn't help to notice the last three games, the defense has given up just a combined 24 points across those three games. Now, is that because the Nittany Lions have some dogs on that side of the ball, or is it just because that you've played Maryland, Rutgers, Indiana? What's How, how do you split up that last three-game defensive performance there? Uh, it definitely helps. <laughs> Let me sure. say that. Uh, it <laughs> yeah. helps when Maryland's banged up on the offensive line. Talia can't run as well. Um, Rakim Jarrett uh, and Dante Demas aren't 100%, and that's yeah. just Maryland specifically. Indiana, I have. they finally settled on a quarterback. Um, if they had started Dexter Williams from start to finish, I think that game would have been a little more of a headache for Penn State. But since they cycled through Jack Tuttle and then they went to their other backup and then finally they got Dexter Williams in who I thought would be the guy all along. And look what he did. He was a headache. He was a PIA um, because he has that Denard Robinson type of skill set yeah. where he is a true option quarterback. Uh, nevertheless, um, and, and then Gavin Wimsat of Rutgers, kind of the same thing, a skill set of an option that helps open up the passing game, and he's just not there yet. So Manny Diaz has been able to confuse all of these quarterbacks, uh, whether it's because they're just not students of the game just yet or because they're not 100% and can't do a whole lot physically or as much as they would like to. Um, but Penn State does have the players. They have the horses. Uh, this is one of the best secondaries in the country. Yeah. Um and even without Joey Porter Jr., who had appendicitis and he's missed a couple of games here, uh, the secondary is still tops with uh, all the guys that they have back there. They can create turnovers. They can be left on an island one-on-one -on -one with anybody, just about anybody. Ohio State really is the one that gave them the toughest challenge. Uh, so competition definitely helps, but that's why I want to see more games like a Purdue yep. uh, where they're a little evenly matched and they can be tested here. So I, I don't know for sure, but based on the way they they're just dominating, which leads me to believe that uh, they are as good as advertised. There you have it then. Well, that's the Penn yeah. State Nittany line lowdown right there from Zach Seiko. That's what I'm talking about. Love that. There we go. I mean, I don't because it sounds like you have a really good team, but I, I do love the information nevertheless. So, yeah. God, should have won last week.